episode, I give your sweater a six out of ten. <laughs> That's I nice. I think it's two thirty nine. All right. Well, I just it finished is. listen two thirty eight. And oh, Riff saying that Levi should go like he should pretty much start in the East Coast, right? Gotta he's gotta earn his way up to the AHL. Just right out of the gate, eh, Craig? Doesn't even give you a chance to say good morning. Yep. Yep. I don't even know where to go with this. <laughs> well, basically, probably because you don't remember you don't, what you, you said you, yesterday. Oh, here we go. Right, are we gonna start this uh again today? You don't like the idea of sending uh, Levi down to the minors, Vanner? Not this year. Next year, yeah. And what? And what is? What is the thought process for you to keep him up here? To play what, him? What it, to play him? Absolutely. I don't think the Sabers have a number one. The number one is is Anderson, and he doesn't play every game. Yeah. And it's not like Lukanen is. Like who cares if he gives up four or five goals? That's that's what they're doing now, anyways. I think it, it, it might give you a little little bit of energy, a new guy in there, yeah. excitement. I think the building would be packed if you start him at home and you announce <laughs> it a day or two earlier. I I only see uh, who positive gives a, by who playing gives him. a shit if he gets gets lit up. I'm caring more about the individual, more than the 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 fan base that is chomping at the bit to see this young man talking about the individual i'm talking about him coming into an environment which this team it's clear that they struggle defensively and they've really really struggled defensively in the last 10 or so games you have a team that was staying in games because they could score more goals than the team that they played against and now all of a sudden that's dried up Tage thompson has one goal in his last team uh in his last 10 games rasmus dahleen has not uh produced at the same level i think he has one assist in his last 10 games you have matthias samuelson who is out right now who is a staple for defensive play um, I don't believe right now, and this is, I, I don't know, but Rasmus Dahlin to me does not look healthy. He does not look a hundred percent. Um, I wouldn't be putting this young man in this environment. You know how I wouldn't say fragile is not a good, not a good, uh, description of goaltender psyches, but you want to make sure that this young man has the proper, um, the proper bring in to this, to this team. And I don't know if right now it's the right thing to do to be, to be giving him games and, and, and can he play? Yeah, he could probably play, but I just want, I would rather protect him. He's going to need time. This, this, this kid is not ready to play in the NHL. Okay. Um, if you remember back, uh, four years ago, Ukapekalukanen was the MVP I think of the CHL. Said anything about him being ready to play? So why would you put him in? It's the stupidest comment I've ever heard. Who said he's ready to play? Well, why are you putting him in then? Well, he's. I when I say that, I mean like he's not ready to. What, what do you mean ready to play? Oh, go ahead. Tell me what you mean by that. 
No, by that I mean come in and win games and and perform at a high level to get a feel for what the NHL is and how these guys shoot. He doesn't even have a feel of the minors, which is going to be a big step from from what he's playing right now. To me, ready to play is to be a starter and play sixty games. There's how many games is there left? That's thank you. Twelve ish. Twelve. Twelve. Yeah, twelve games. Yeah. So. I'm saying those 12 games, you, you start them whenever his, uh, whenever, you know, his immigration is, is done, you get him in a few practices and you play him. And if he does great, you play him again. And if he walks away in the next five weeks with three games played, four games played, I think that's a great start to his career, knowing what it takes to, to play there full time. I, I don't, I understand, Riz, what you're saying by protecting the kid. But I think the league is different. It's not old anymore. It's young. Young kids come in all the time, not goaltenders as much. But I don't think it's going to hurt his 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 future ability to be a starter. I, I think it can only help. And I think, again, the biggest thing for me is I think it would actually give the team a little bit of excitement, like a new little bit new blood back there. And maybe they play a little bit harder defensively. Start him next. That's how I look from, at it. He's from Quebec. Start him in Montreal next Monday. Absolutely. Or start him against Montreal next Monday. Sorry, yep. they're at home. Well, that's, you know, listen, I mean, I, I can respect your opinion. I, I, I respect both your opinions on this. For me, and this is what, this is the, the best part about it is you have your opinion. I want to see this kid just like everybody else. I want to see him succeed. He has been talked about. Like he is the next Dominic Hasek. That's all I've heard is how great Devin Levi is. He's shredding. He's the, one of the best D one hockey players to ever play world juniors. You name it. This kid has shredded it at every level and he's moved the right levels properly, not overstepping his boundaries, making sure that he's making the right steps. Well, there is going to be a very big step from D1 hockey at Northeastern to playing for the Buffalo Sabres in the NHL. There is going to be a big difference. Very big difference. Can he play? No question. Is he going to have success? I'm not sure if he's going to have success. But I, I, I do know this, that with the way that this team plays defense, the way their structure, like, it, it is... Okay, Again, well, like, there, then guess what? Then there's you have an excuse if things I don't want to make excuses. Here's the thing he's 21, he's coming out of college. I, for me, um, it's uh, different when your own power coming out of college, okay, than a goaltender. I think goaltenders take longer, typically take longer to mature as, as players. We're not talking about starting him in the playoffs here, we're talking about starting him and down the stretch where your team is when he starts the team will probably most likely be eliminated by that point so that's why i think they give it the next and few games. i guess my question is what's the lure what's your what's because you're both strong on this in the sense that my my thing is what's what's wrong with putting him in the minors well, so nothing go and play a number of games in pro but, hockey to start his his career i'll tell i'll tell you what it is and tell and, me why he deserves to be playing in the NHL. Well, he, he doesn't deserve it. It's not like he's earned it and come up through the ranks. It's circumstantial. Yeah, 
It's it's it, it, that's just it. It's not that he earned it. I mean, did did Owen Powers earn to play last year at the end of the year because know, he's he was number the first one overall, overall pick. pick? Yeah, yeah. I mean that that there right there is 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 something that besides his resume, he he. That just grants him a free pass right to the NHL. Yeah, see, and yes, that, that's yes, what's it, wrong. Like just because you're a seventh rounder, then you have to earn it. And uh, and and even though he he's probably done more. He's in a college seventh rounder playing at a, at a first round, but at a first round rate here. Yeah, yeah. I can agree with all those things. I'm not going to even argue about the way that he's played um, his first year at Northeastern. That you know the trade was made with the Sabers for Sam Reinhart and. You know this this young man exploded, exploded on the onto the scenes. His numbers were staggering for for a D one goaltender, especially a first year first year goaltender. And then in his second year, this year he follows it up, struggles a little bit at the start of the year, has a little bit of adversity, turns things right around, and finishes like I mean as strong as you possibly can for 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 a goaltender playing D1 hockey and he's going to go down his numbers are going to go down in the same category as a Ryan Miller and players along those lines that were super super elite not ever going to say that this kid is not going to play in the NHL someday I'm just saying what is the rush what is the rush to have him play games is it to make him feel confident going into the summer after playing a couple games here? It's to know what to expect. To, to me, it's it's not a rush. To me, the way I look at it is if the Buffalo Sabres would be sitting right now at at 80 points and like being in the wild card or, you know, way closer than they are right now. Yeah. I would say absolutely not. You know, if Anderson is playing well, which I, in my opinion, he is, and he should be playing more. Or Lukanen's playing well, I would say no. You bring this kid in and you let him practice a little bit here and there, hang out, you know, kind of get the feel of of, of being around a, a, the big boy club. But none of those things are happening. They're seven points back. They look not very good right now. Yep. Goaltending hasn't been great. Eight, six, and two. And uh, a team that they were basically ahead of a week ago in Florida Panthers are seven, two and one. And now the Florida Panthers are, are seven points ahead of them. I mean, they were ahead of Florida. Yeah. Florida's just caught fire at the right time and they're playing very well. They're on a three game winning streak. Guess what? Sabres are on three game losing streak. There's your points right there. I mean, we're not talking, we're not talking a month, of hockey we're talking literally a week a Man, week and a half of terrible hockey for the sabers have well, dropped them big time that's what it, that's how it goes at the end of the year right like every yep. game yep. is it's really it's not more meaningful i hate when people say oh at the end of the year games are more, more meaningful they're not more meaningful it's just that they're harder to play more, it, it, they're harder to play and in the standings it looks you know i mean if this is at the start of the year and you go they have 27 points and you have 20 points. You're like, ah, whatever. It's only seven points. There's 60 games left. Thomas, yep. now I, you said something that is bothering me. Like it bothers me that Anderson didn't play more games. Hasn't played more games in, in crucial games. I, I don't understand it unless they come out at the end of the year and say, hey, you know, 
he was banged his, up or, his, his, yeah, or, or back, they could say like cramping or is his, you know, they could say like this. Uh, yeah, we made a mistake that we had three freaking goaltenders on our roster. How about that one? Yeah, but that's not right. a, who cares. You, you can have, if you have three, you have, three. I do it care is because it, it takes, it takes away. Like right now they're in a three man rotation. You got Uka Pekalukin playing one game. Then Comrie comes in there and then you have Anderson come back. Then you Uka Pekalukin, then you have Anderson. Then you go at, back to Uka Pekalukin and then you go to Com. No, no. Yeah. But those you're are those are those are the choices they made. But that you don't have to make those with free goalies. Like I don't understand, especially. I mean, it's so fresh, right? Was that a week ago they beat Toronto in Toronto? Yes. And then yep. two days later, right? They had a day in between. They played Washington yep. two days later. Yep. Yep. And Craig Anderson, who played exceptionally well, Rivs in Toronto. Yep. Does doesn't not get play. The, doesn't get the start in Washington. That I don't understand. I think like, he should have started in Washington, and, and if he won that game, which I think he might have been able to pull that one out, uh, I would have started him in Philly. And if he won in Philly, I would have started him in Boston. But again, it all comes down to we don't know what his body's doing because he's 41. But if his body's intact and he's okay to play, yeah. that's a massive mistake by the team. And that's that's one of those things I can't wait at the end, the end of the year, right? What what does the team say, and what does Craig Anderson say at the end of the year? Wish I would have played more. Then your answer is right there. Is like, huh? It wasn't his choice, or he felt good enough to play more. And that I don't understand, right? So that's what I'm saying. At this point, why not play Levi? They have. It's not like they're playing a number one guy. They don't have a number one guy in their opinion. In my opinion, they do have a number one guy who is older, but I mean, obviously he takes care of his body because goaltending at 42 is not easy. He looks great in there, man. When he looks he's great. In, he's playing. He looks great. He's loose. Looks like he's having fun. He's highly competitive, very structured, does not allow, it seems, seems like, you know, he doesn't allow the easy goal. Well, besides where, the goaltending, been... sorry, Riffs, besides no, the goaltending, you know what it does. We, we have been in that locker room. When you go in and you know your goalie is good and you see him starting, it gives you a little boost. It, that's just, that's, that's reality. Absolutely. But when you go in and you see, ah, fuck, they're going back to this guy. Like, oh, we better be really good today. It's just, yeah, well, it, it's it comes, a mindset. It's reality. It goes all the way back to the Washington game. Who mm-hmm. was the goal from the slot? Was that Kuznetsov? Kuznetsov, yes. absolutely Kuznetsov unacceptable. The, and 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 that goes in, and you're sitting. And I don't give a shit. I'll say it. If you're on the bench, you're kind of like, oh, oh, yeah. oh man, here we that go. That brings again. the game to four three. Right, yeah. like Sabers were winning two nothing. Anderson, Anderson has that. I'm sorry, but Anderson has that. Well, we would like to think so, right? That's why I'm, we're talking about Anderson. But I'm gonna believe it. You know, listen. I, I mean, I, you can sit there and blame these goaltenders, okay? Just like we blamed, you know, uh, Robin Leonard when he was here. Just like we blamed um, uh, Allmark. I tell you this. You don't have a team in front of you that's playing good hockey, that's playing defensive hockey, that know positioning and know how to defend. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're Vasilevsky. I don't care if you're Sisterkin. 
I don't care. You will not be making these saves because you can only make the miracle saves every now and then. But the, but the, the way the Sabres play, like, oh my God, I could break down the last game, the seven, nothing game against Boston. It is incredible. The, the poor decisions that these players make in their defensive zone. It is absolutely off the chart. And it's, 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 it's concerning. It's certainly concerning because if I saw this at the start of the year, I would be okay with it. I would be okay because they're here. You have to learn. You have to learn your responsibilities. It is not all about scoring goals. It is not all about points. Now, I'm sure Tage Thompson and Skinner and Tuck and Darlene and Cousins and Middlestad and even Victor Olson, you keep keep going down. Like, this team scored a lot of goals. I think they're fourth, tied for third in goals four. You don't win games by scoring goals. You win hey. games by playing good defense. And this team looks like they've gotten worse defensively. Well, whose fault is that? Waiting. Go ahead. Answer your own question. <laughs> I said it yesterday. You just teed that right up. I put my the, the golf ball right on my tee right now. And you want me to go and hit it? I'll hit it. It's coaching. It's coaching. I would, be, I would be sitting guys right now that are making the mistakes over and over and over and over and over. Thomas, and did over. Lindy ever bench you? October, November, December, January, <laughs> February, March. You're still making the same freaking. Thomas, dis- did Lindy <laughs> ever bench you? Uh, yeah, yeah, I got benched um, more than a few times. I even got healthy scratch for laughing on the bus ones. But. That's, you know, that's the old school mentality, but I do agree with both you guys. It is coaching, but to me, and I've said this before, it's not all coaching. When you have average players, it's tough to make them great. Let's be honest. Average defensive players. Defensive players. Defensive players, because I can name you 12, 13 players right now that are insanely skilled offensively and they are dynamic. Like you look at this lineup, Thompson, Skinner, Tuck, Darlene, Cousins, Middlestat, Olsen, Quinn, Power, Paterka. Yeah. All right. Those are all forwards. Those are all forwards. Read me the demon. I know forwards have to play. I'm not saying that. Darlene, Owen Power. Okay. Labushkin. Mm-hmm. Yoki Haru, mm-hmm. Jacob Bryson, mm-hmm. Matias Samuelson, Riley Stillman, Kale Clegg. And who's your best defender? Matias Samuelson by a country mile. Yes, I would agree. And, and, and then- you got to realize, like, before he shut himself down because of injury, I think he was playing hurt. He had to be in play playing hurt for for 10 games or so or or longer and he just kept on playing through it kept on playing through it and then realized that he's not only hurting himself but he's hurting I wouldn't even say he's hurting the team because I think he's better in when he's like 60 percent he's the only guy with a with the brain of of a defend defender I you know what I looked up I I wanted to talk to you guys about Teams that have 
in the East and teams in the West, a team that are starting to take off, that have started to play really, really well. And there's two teams that came to mind. In the East. Can I guess them? Go ahead. East. Florida Panthers. Boom. That's the one I was talking about. They're on fire. Absolutely on fire. They have the offensive scoring, but they're playing great defense. Okay. And they're getting the goaltending. In the West. Minnesota Wild. Nice, but no. I had down I had down the Edmonton Oilers. Okay. And I thinking to myself, Edmonton's played really well. And I was wondering, okay, why is Edmonton starting to really take off? Like, you gotta realize Edmonton Oilers right now were in 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 the second wild card spot, like literally three weeks ago. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now they're four points out of being the number one, te- four points out of being the number one team in the West. And I, and I think to myself right now, they're eight and two. I go back. Who did they pick up at the deadline? That was a <laughs> major, major, major factor. Who, what did they need in Edmonton? What was the one thing? If you could pick one thing to help this team out, what'd they need? A solid defenseman and Matthias Eckholm and not Eric Carlson. Boom. Shaka Laka. Now here's the thing. This guy's got nine points, three goals, plus 15 in 10 games played. 10 games played. He's got nine points and plus 15. You want to know why? Edmonton Oilers that were a team that I would not consider them a great defensive team, but they're not horrible, but they needed something that could maybe help them get over the hump. And, so and you, Matthias is exactly what they needed. They went out and got him, and that team has skyrocketed since they got saying, this guy. Are you saying the Buffalo Sabres could have used a guy like Matthias Eckholm? No. I think they could have used two like him. <laughs> they need two, not one. And that's, I mean, I, I keep, I know Gio is not on here, but you guys, not so much PD. It's more Rivs and Gio. It's always, ah, we didn't, they didn't need to pick up anyone. They're young. They're young. They're learning. I like the direction. I love the direction too. But I've said for, for months, just because your core is young and good, that doesn't mean you can't make it better. And here we are three months later when the games matter, they're not ready. And that has nothing to do with being young. That's just because you're not good enough. In my opinion, I would have made you think that Kevin Adams made the right. If you had to go back a, almost a calendar year, 10, 10 months and you're mm-hmm. Kevin Adams and you, you're at the deadline, you're at the, you know, free agency and all that kind of stuff. Would mm-hmm. you, would you do the same thing? Because Kevin Adams ultimately did nothing. He, he, he basically had a thought in his mind and I, I agree with it in the sense that he did not want to smother any one of those young players. He has mm-hmm. the youngest team in the league. He knew he was going to have a young team. He did not want to get any where Ottawa went in a different direction. So did the Detroit Red Wings. They went and Mm -hmm. picked up 30, 32 year old veterans, right? Kevin Adams elected not to do any of it. 
just and go I was with okay a super with that. young team. Okay. I was okay with it. At that time, I liked that move. Don't make a move because you don't have to make a move. But to me, 20 games in, I'm like, when I was watching these, these guys play, I'm like, holy shit, they got a legit number one line. These young kids can play. But there's two free gaps. And those gaps, at, at the 20 game mark, I would have been like, all right, let's start looking now. Who's available? How can we fill those in? So from the 20 to 40 game mark, that's when I would have tried to make a move because I, I, I saw a team that can play with anybody, but not with this roster consistently. That's how I look at it. So in the summer, I, I had no issue of not doing anything. But 20 games in, when I'm like, okay, I'm a high-powered offense, but I need to improve a few, that's where I would have made some moves. But at deadline, it was probably too late already. So then you might as well sit and do nothing. Or what he did to pick up one or two guys. That's how I look at it. I think the window was between the 20 and 40 game mark to improve your team for this year's playoff run. And like you guys already mentioned, it's not like they're out of it. But to me, they're out of it. Because seven points, you know how that goes. Seven points doesn't sound like that much. It's a three-game swing. But holy hell, it's a lot, especially with only 13 games left. I think this is a I think this is a massive learning year for Don Granado too for next year and how to maybe not overthink things. Changing the lineup, sitting certain players, you know, not sitting certain players, um not starting the right goaltenders at times, not understanding the magnitude of games like that home game against the Leafs. That is not a, a that is not a spot to put a young goalie when you got 11,000 Leaf fans in the building, it's not the place. These nah, are all. No, God. I see that. I don't like I don't give a shit if there's all Leaf jerseys at home. Like, okay. What, what are you, the, you can't that, be intimidated. If you want to play in the league, fine. Thomas, I wouldn't have. Fine, fine. Okay, fine, fine. I'll even take that point. To me, and, and the only thing to, is he didn't play a better goalie. And that was, I was just going to, I was just going to try to save my point. <laughs> uh by by saying that too because both are appropriate like that's a that's a that's a it's a tough atmosphere so maybe i'm overthinking that fine but still it's the leafs at home play the best goalie play the goalie that understands that that moment craig anderson was just in a game 7 of a conference final fucking 4 years ago yeah i i see i i don't i, I do agree with you i think just like players learn, right? Young coaches have to learn as well that there is no manual for it. So he's he's going to learn too from his mistakes and so on. But again, and you're absolutely right. A lot of these coaches, even when we played, I always thought they overthink things, especially when you get to the playoffs. You know, the problem is there's more meetings, longer video. I'm like, why are we changing things now? What the hell are we doing? Just keep doing the same thing. Yeah. So there's two points. The first point is, we don't get to see these guys on a regular basis. I don't get to see, or you don't get to see Ukapakalukan in practice, okay? And how good he looks, maybe in practice. I'm just saying hypothetically, because yeah. I'm talking about, you know, giving an opportunity to uh, Ukapakalukan, who's trying to establish himself as the number one. So to be able to not put him in against Toronto Maple Leafs, because that's going to make you nervous at home, is is ridiculous. Correct. Like you, we're we're talking about putting a forty-two-year-old goaltender 
who's played 20 games this year, 20 some games this year. I mean, if you can't put the problem with this whole thing is we don't have a number one goaltender. We've got three goaltenders on a roster. Name the last time you've heard of three goaltenders on a roster in, in the NHL. We had it, Petey. Yeah, we did. Back in. And, and, and the third one, the third one. And how did that work wings, out, though? 850 wings and like seven, eight <laughs> beers in the sauna. It worked out great because uh, Mika just sat on the bench in his gear the whole practice. And as soon as it was over, he walked in the locker room. He didn't even step on the ice. <laughs> so it didn't go well. Not it for wasn't, him, no. It wasn't. But he was not a distraction. It wasn't It wasn't a good uh, oh, situation all, yeah, for the goaltenders. Right? No. I, it, it, yes, I agree with you. It's 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 problem is there's no number one goaltender here. There's not no, a goaltender that's, no, that's playing. Okay. You know my thoughts on that. I mean... We shouldn't even, we shouldn't, he shouldn't even be here. There's three goaltenders on your roster, which isn't, which isn't a good situation. Now you're going to have four. That is just mind boggling to me. Well, isn't Comrie's hurt, isn't he? I don't know. Yes. Comrie's hurt. Yeah. 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 Comrie's, Comrie's hurt. hurt. So they have Nashville tonight. Mm-hmm. That's not going to be an easy task. There's no games that are an easy task. Every game you got to come and play the right way. For them, it's just putting, they have to put a 60 minute effort, which I don't think they have done since, I don't know, maybe the Toronto game. But Anderson would played really well that game. Yeah. My concern is the team right now is just, you know, they're young. Um, they're, I'm sure they're scoreboard watching just like everybody else is. They know exactly what's going on. They got a big they're win young. from Ottawa last night. B- huge win. The problem is Panthers won. Panthers won. And the Panthers, Panthers are rolling right now. It's, uh, that's a concern. You know, um, I just look at the, look at the Sabres and do they, do they have enough on the back end right now to be able to defend? And I'm not even talking, the defense are making mistakes. I see lots of mistakes, lots of broken coverage, but the forwards are not helping the situation. I'm going to tell you, I, I could show you, oh my God, a hundred clips on, on breakdowns from, from wingers and centermen's that are just really super lazy in the defensive zone. And I just I think to myself, this is a big game tonight. This is not this is not a small game. This is a big game for both teams. The Sabers, if they win this game because they have a game in hand on uh, on Philly or um, Florida, they can get five points behind these guys. Five points and Florida plays tonight. They need to lose. They play it's, in Philadelphia. Yes, yes, you win this game tonight. You're five points behind, and you will still have a game in hand if you lose this game tonight. You're up. You're your season's over. You're, yeah, you're 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 in a really really bad situation if if that's the case. If this is if, a, this absolute Florida must game tonight and Buffalo loses, it's over. Okay, just how many points does it Thomas, gonna take? Thomas thinks it's over anyway. <laughs> yeah, how many points does it take? Well, they need probably eight wins out of the next twelve, and I don't even know if that's gonna do it. 
eight wins, so that's sixteen points. That gets you to God, what? You're gonna need. You're gonna, you're gonna need, need high nineties. That gets you eighty. That gets you to eighty-eight <laughs> points. Eighty-eight gets you in the playoffs nowadays. No, that's not gonna get you in the playoffs. <laughs> that's not gonna get you there. Call us ten uh, wins. That's twenty points. That's ninety-two points. Yeah, I still don't think gets you that's in the playoffs. enough. No, because there, all, there would have to be Florida, a colossal. All Florida has to do is win seven. <laughs> all Florida has to do is win seven of their next twelve games. Yeah, isn't typically the number, isn't it, like ninety-four and above? And I know this year it's a little bit tighter because there's more good teams. Yeah, there's more points being taken away. So yeah, I think it's going to be like ninety-four will get you in this year. Yeah, so the that that means the Sabers need twenty two. Do you know how many points the two wild cards had last year? You guys, I remember? think it was a hundred. Boston Bruins were the first wild card. They had a hundred and seven points. <laughs> <laughs> they had a hundred and seven points. They had fifty one wins, and they were the first wild card. The second wild card was Washington Capitals had forty four wins and a hundred points. <laughs> and, that's, and and the and Sabres right now have what seventy two. Mm-hmm. I mean. Listen, I mean, there's work to be, there's work to be done. Okay, like I said this to Petey uh, yesterday. If the season ended right now, I would be very pleased with what I've seen. I've seen I've seen growth, and I've seen breakout from some major guys. Okay, Tuck, Thompson, Casey Middlestad, Cousins. See the development of Darlene. It's Here's all great. Thing. I love it. Uh, Here's the thing. What, what, I say this. Can, Hold on. You get... Next year, I'm telling you, Thomas, mm-hmm. next year is the year mm-hmm. that you're talking about. Okay. That you are talking about. I am going to be 1,000% on the Thomas Vanek trade train. Get players in here to support this group. I don't care if they're young. They're young and they're studs. Go support these guys in goal, on the back end, and they need forwards too. What were you going to say, Van? Do you guys remember the last 20 games of last season? Yeah, wasn't I it legendary? I think they did really well. Didn't, didn't they play well? I thought they played, as far as I can remember, because all I can hear was, man, these young kids are awesome. Look how well they played the last 20 games. And now they're all a year older, and now the games are meaningful. And they don't have the same record as the year before. That's why I always, I understand young players have to grow in. The, the Quins, the Paturkers, I get that, and I'm not arguing that. But I hate the thing of always like, oh, we have so many young kids, they, they need time. They need time. Well, last year they were young, but you want at the end of the year because it didn't fucking matter. They just go out there and play. This year, games matter because they're so close, but they're still young, so now it's okay. And 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 we have so many guys who have career years, and I've mentioned this before. Show me the last team that had seven, eight guys with career years, and you missed the playoffs. I don't remember a team like that. And do I like do I like going forward of having a stud first line, a cousins, a this and this? 
yeah, I think the future is bright, but I think I, I, I am not See, the, looking the at it. Is, but do you not think? Do you not think? Craig, 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 hold on a sec, because you said something. You're like, if they finished here at this point last year, and those wild card teams at 100 points. Well, if those wild card teams at 100 points, and the Sabers were finishing, you know, two places out of wild card number two, and they're at like. 80 some odd points you're sitting there saying okay that's fantastic but when you're right there in the thick of it you actually have a chance to get in that that's that there's a there was a uh there was a, a moment missed at some point this year you know where to to go and try and get in i don't feel like there was enough urgency all around it to to try and get in i don't think anybody expected that and I don't know if that's right or wrong. I don't know if you don't you adjust on the fly, especially if there's a an opening for your team to to maybe limp into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, you guys know my stance. I would have done it, like I said earlier, in December. I would have went and got help, but by the time we got to the deadline, it was probably too late. So I, I know Riff said he's like, if the, if it would end right now, he would be happy if the season went. And I can understand what he's saying, that certain players have really stepped up and they're going to be awesome in the future. But at the same time, it's not a great year when you have so many guys' career years and you, you're you missing the playoffs. That's how I look at it at the same time as well. And if you're this close this year and miss with those players performing at that level, what do they have to do next year? They have to perform at that level again. Like that's going to be hard to do. It's hard. What if they? What, do what if they're just years. doing it like by committee next year? Like I, I believe watching Tage Thompson and Tuck and Jeff Skinner, I think they, they're extremely skilled hockey players. You know, Tage Thompson might not have ninety-five points next year, but he's going to produce his skill set. He's going to produce. So is Tuck. So is Skinner. I will tell you this, Dylan Cousins, who's having, who's having a very, very good season this year. He's having a breakout season and is, he's only, he just turned 22. He's got 26 goals and 57 points in 68 games. And I think when he finishes the season, he might, let's just say he might even get to 30 goals. He might even get 65 points, but I believe Dylan Cousins can produce that and maybe beyond that. In years to come, he's very, very young. I think Jack, um, Jack Quinn, incredible talented hockey player. So is JJ Paterka. They're going to be very, very, very different in their second year. Very different in their second year, which is going to make this team a much stronger team. Now there needs to be changes on the mm -hmm. bottom half. That's Kevin Adams job. And if he doesn't do it, then we can sit here and go, this is ridiculous. But he, I think he realizes what he has. He has his top six stars. Now he needs to tinker with his bottom six forwards. He needs to tinker with his bottom three defensemen because he's got his top three. You have Dolene, you have power, you have Samuelson. You need to tinker with your other three defense. The goaltending needs to be addressed. Devin Levi is going to be a world-class goaltender. I believe that. He hasn't shown shit because he hasn't been in the league. I'm just saying, I believe he's going to be a very good goaltender. But in that time of him developing himself in the minors, 
We need a number one goaltender. We need a guy that can play 55 games next year. And maybe have Uka Pekalukanen go and play the rest. These are things that need to happen in the offseason. Kevin Adams, for the first time, is really going to have his work cut out for him to try and tinker with this roster to make it a, a playoff roster. And they competed. Like last year, they had 75 points. They had 32 wins. This year, they have 33 wins and 72 points. And they've only play, they still have 13 games left. This team has gotten better than the year before. And, they ha- and they've done very little to make the team better. It's just by age, by maturity. Next year, they're going to have the youngest team in the league this year. Next year, they're going to get a little bit older. They're going to be a little bit stronger, a little bit smarter. And I think this team is going to, this team, for the first time in 12 years, the expectations is only one thing. You have to make the playoffs. There's no excuses anymore. All right. Thomas, anything to add to that before I give you the biggest pile of bullshit I've ever heard in my life? Well, so we need to tinker with the bottom six and three defensemen and a goalie. And that that's, I, I, and I completely agree with Rivs. But again, I keep going back that I would have done working on that at the 20-game mark. Because to pick up that many guys in the summer, yeah, it's going to be difficult. Like a Matias Ekholm, what did he get traded for? Tyson Berry, who had a big contract. And a first-round pick? Was that it? Tyson Berry, Reed Schaefer, a first-rounder in 2023 and a fourth-rounder in 2024, which to me is not not egregious in the sense that, you know, you're giving up Tyson Berry, who's a solid defenseman, but he's not the type of defenseman that you need. You need a defender. You need a guy that can eat minutes like crazy, defend against the very best players in the league, and you're basically giving up, you know, a first-round draft pick. Yeah. That's all you're giving up, a first and a fourth. Fourth means absolutely nothing. The first-rounder is going to be, what, a, a 20, could be anywhere from a 20 to a 28. Right. Or you know, so 32, right? Yeah, they can go all I the mean, way. The Oilers yeah. can go all the way this year. Yeah. So, I mean, they're getting, you're exchanging a Tyson Berry for an Ekholm, which is like, I mean, night and day. And then you're basically giving a first round draft pick. Yeah. And I, and you don't think that same deal could have been made by the Sabres who the draft pick probably ends up higher. Very possible. Very, possible. very, yeah. very, very possible. Um, my my only concern is looking at Matthias Ekholm's contract. He just signed a contract. I mean, yeah, he's got four he's, years left. It's perfect. Oh my That's Lord. what you want he, as a Buffalo Saver. He had no movement clause. He had a no yeah. movement clause. It was just fair game. That 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 guy is exactly what this team needs. Yeah, and that's and the, those are the guys you have to trade for if you're the Buffalo Sabers. You need guys with term because free agency is tough. 
I hate to say it, but it's uh, Buffalo is not a destination. We have talked about this before. I think once players go there and realize what the city has to offer, they enjoy it very much and they well, love I it. Hope, I hope Colton Pareko is excited to come to Buffalo. What? That would be a good pickup. Uh, Thomas. Yeah. Frozen Four coming up. Why? The Frozen Four tournament. Yes. Is Minnesota the team? Well, they're ranked one overall. I actually went to the Big Ten Championship on Saturday, uh, Minnesota against Michigan. It was awesome. What a game. I mean, so so many good, talented players. The atmosphere was awesome. So Michigan looked really good. Again, I'm not too familiar with with the teams out east, the BUs and and so on. But, um, yeah, college hockey's in a good place. It's fun to watch. Lots did- of skill, lots of speed. How did Ryan Johnson look? And is he? Gonna, you think he'll sign with the Sabers? I don't know. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I'm going to go actually. And my would you sign with the Sabers? Absolutely. Yeah. Tell me why. I think he's a great, great skating defenseman who can see seize the ice, makes that first pass well. I think that's that's a prospect you want in your system. I think that's he's what, he's, what type of player is he? What like described? to the people listening like what type of player is he like what do you what who do you compare him to is there a comparable that you can just give an idea of how he plays uh i, I actually i think he is i, I think he's a strong defender I, I can see him similar like a samuelson you know as far as the ability to defend maybe not as well as samuelson yet but i think he makes he's better offensively and that and offensively i don't mean by getting a lot of points, but that first pass out of your zone for your forwards. So it's not always off the glass or uh, a turnover or whatever. I think he has that ability to to wield the net, to, to escape, find that center or find that winger and make a good first pass out of the zone to help, help you transition into offense. 36 I think games this year, he's four goals, 14 assists, 18 points, and he's plus 20. Yeah, he, he's a, he's a, I mean, the whole, that defensive core, I mean, there's a reason, you know, we, we talk about <laughs> playing good defense. I mean, the Minnesota Gophers, they have some high powered offensive. I mean, that, that top line, I believe they can play in the NHL with, with, with Cooley, Nyes and Snuggerud. That line can play in the NHL as a line right now. Those are two oh fours on there. Snuggerud and Cooley are two oh fours. Yes. Right? They're, they're, it's, it's, they're fun to watch. That line is just, they go. But what makes that team, in my opinion, really, really good, their decor is just awesome. They can skate. They can move the puck. And I wouldn't be surprised if, if four or five of them, uh, the Des Demon, will play in the NHL. So, yeah, the tournament's going to be fun to watch. Obviously, I'm rooting for uh, the golfers who have a tough, tough, tough region. They start out against Canisius, which... Again, you never know in a one-game showdown what can happen, but they obviously should, and they're heavily going to be favored to win that. But then after that, they they got a St. Cloud and uh, Minnesota State, Mankato, uh, the winner of that. So it will be um, – I'm looking forward to this weekend. You don't think they can just roll right through that? Oh, no. You, you, on a one-game showdown, there's no rolling through. Anything can happen. Goalie gets hot. Teams – you know, it's it's – it's just like junior hockey or Rivs know, or you guys know, under 16, these kids are good. You can teach them a system how to how to beat 
the better team. I mean, they all know how to block shots. They all know how to play a system the right way. Yeah. And for those lesser teams, it, it does come down to coaching. Like when the coaching you, is good. When you won it, I mean, what what's what's the run like? Because you're in college, I assume, like, are you mixing in school? Are you guys just like, fuck school? <laughs> no, I mean, again, I mean, I know that the gopher schedule, it's Thursday, Saturday, so... I think they leave today and, and, you know, a lot of things because of COVID are online now anyways, or have the ability to go online. So, yeah, I mean, you, those kids will bring their computer and, and do their schoolwork online. But after this week, and if you advance, then you have that, you know, two weeks time. And then it's, it's, you're on campus, you practice every day and get ready for the frozen four. What was it like when you went back to school with the trophy? It was unbelievable. It was, uh, you know, the, the it's Minnesota is a campus of fifty plus thousand students, and it was just a big, big party. I mean, down Frad Row and and anywhere you would go, it was uh, college hockey. You can't beat the atmosphere. Like I said, I, I brought my boys to the game Saturday night, and they were like, "Holy!" And we've gone to a few games, but this was a championship game, and I mean, you know, my oldest is a sophomore; he's fifteen, and he was like this is the greatest thing ever college hockey He's like, this is way more exciting than the NHL. I mean, it's, it's pretty special. It's pretty fun. How I old mean, were you when you played your first year in Minnesota? How old were you? 18. <laughs> Petey, do you know, uh, Vanner's stats is in his first year as an 18 year old. Uh, I think so. I think so. How many games played? 45. 27 goals 31 okay yeah he had 60 points didn't he 62 yeah 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 and then, i was just was thinking fun. like yeah you played 45 games fanner and you only had 31 goals like what were that you was the national championship games? year was it not that was yep yeah, yeah i know i should have had more i passed yeah. the puck too much game winner <laughs> game I, I yeah i had a couple of them did you score the game winner in the national championship, though? Yeah, I scored. Actually, we we beat Michigan in the semis in OT. I was lucky enough to score that, and then then we beat uh, New Hampshire five one. But it was a tight game until you late scored in the two third. goals. You scored two goals that game, didn't you? Uh, one for sure. I know to to make it two to one. Then I don't know. Long time ago, but the reason that was why I it was in Buffalo too, wasn't it? It was in Buffalo. Yep, yep. It was fun again. I but now twenty years, twenty some years later, going back and watching these games with my, I'm like, it brings back a lot of memories, and I'm so, you know, I mean, it was looking back. I mean, college hockey is is amazing. It's fun, and it's it's grown so much. I mean, it's a lot of skill. You know, you see a lot more Europeans. I mean, when I played. There was not many Europeans that played college hockey. There was not too many Canadians that played college hockey. You you look at college hockey now. I mean, there's some stud Canadians that play now. There's a lot of Europeans that play now. So well, so the, the level the of play is the difference is back when I grew up and even years after me, mm -hmm. if you go if you went college, number one, you were either really, really small. And, and you were not a player that was NHL bound. 
mm-hmm. right? All all the top kids, the U.S. kids would come to Canada and play in the Western League, the the Ontario Hockey League, and the Quebec yep. Major Junior. Now and that things- was the same route for Europeans. Yes. So now mm-hmm. things have flip flopped. There's still a lot. the The large majority of players playing in the NHL are coming from the uh, the Canadian uh, Junior League, right? But now, U.S. hockey has exploded. I mean, it, the U.S. in general hockey has exploded, and now it's a desired um, route to go because now, if you go to college, you still have a very good chance of playing in the National Hockey League if you're if you're a good hockey player. Things have just changed. It's well, absolutely, and I think what. I think what also changed a lot is is the mindset of agents, right? Well, I was lucky enough that I had a great agent. I think back in the day, a lot of agents, especially for Europeans who didn't know what college hockey was, just like me, until I moved over here and learned about it. I had no idea when I grew up in Austria what college hockey was. I didn't even know ex- college hockey existed. We we don't. There's no college hockey in Europe, so it was all new to me. But I think now the agents like the path for many players to go to college route because it gives them time more time to develop. Yep. And I think that's that's a huge benefit for kids going that route. College players um uh have control a little more control of their own destiny than junior players do. From the standpoint hundred percent. I mean you play you play in the Canadian hockey league when you're 20, you either get signed or you are done. Done. Yeah. We're in, in college, you know, a lot of kids play now after high school or, you well, know, you they started, play you started at 20. I mean, yes. I, I think I saw something the other day. Only 5% of incoming freshmen are true freshmen. That means they're 18 years old. Yeah. So 95% of out of them play a year or two of junior hockey and come in as 19 or 20 year olds. And then they have four more years to develop and work on their game. Well, you it's, know what an average age of a freshman hockey player is right now in D1 hockey? I think it's 20. The 20 points, 20.7. So you're, you're having players that play junior hockey from 16, 17, 18, 19. And some of those guys will go to D1 college or they might play another year at 20 and then go to D1 college. So, you know, you have your super elite hockey players that show up to college at 18. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle, and at Craig Revey 52 at the Instigator76. You can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.